We're here on the Rebel Cast, and today our guest is Steve Klagian. Uh, Steve, you are our first guest that we were referring to as Fun Rebels from Other Mothers. There we're going to tell you a little bit about what uh, Fun Rebel is, but why don't you take us through who you are mm-hmm. and what makes you you, what type of business you do, Sure. and why don't we start from there? Love to hear about it. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate this. You know, other than the traffic coming into New York City, I'm so super Unavoidable. Badge of honor. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> let me put it this way. So I've been very blessed in my life since the age of 13. I knew I had a gift. I had a photographic memory, and I never really knew how to apply it. But I did, you know, because I would, you know, I love to give him a baseball. I went to a Met tryout. They liked me. They actually wanted me to, you know, you know, after high school, to sign with the New York Mets and not even go to college. But then certain things happened with me, and I loved to give him a baseball. I loved the discipline. I loved everything about the game that actually, to be honest with you, as a trader, I took into the game of trading. So the beginning of baseball, I took into trading. And uh, who I am? Well, I'm a simple guy. I uh, have a heart the size of Montana. I love to help people. I love, I have passion. I'm a workaholic, per se, because I love what I do. And I love uh, building things. I'm a visionary. I can't even tell you the things I came up with way before the people have come to, you know, brought it to the forefront. Um, Right now, at this stage of my life, at 60 years old, I've been blessed to be in the industry for 40 years I was uh, noted as being one of the number one day trader in the world for close to four years. Uh, traded nearly two billion shares in my life, and uh, I moved markets, and um, and uh, I just loved it. I loved the fact that every single day was a different day, and that stemmed from the day I was 16 years old. My father said, "Come to the work with me one day." I said, "Sure," and I was walking up the floor of the American Stock Exchange. I heard Octave Dees. I said, "Dad, what's Octave Dees?" He said, "October, November, December." You idiot. <laughs> I said, "Well, this is going to be a good day." I said. <laughs> Uh, and so, and, and your and father was a trader, stockbroker. He, he was a broker on the Florida American Stock Exchange, and uh, and then from there, <clears throat> I went, um, I went to college, the University of Maine. I had some offers from some schools, and I decided I shifted from baseball to football, like an idiot. And then um, I got hurt, my lower back, and I came home, and I went to a community college just to figure out my life, and I got a D in economics. I never forget this day. I came home, I picked my books up over my head, and I threw them across the room, and I hit the window, and the window went, whoa, 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 whoa. My father said, what are you, nuts? That's it, you're getting a job on Wall Street. So I, my father's good friend was Peter Kellogg. I walked in, he said, who are you? I said, Jack Collegian. So he goes, Marge, you got him a badge. And that was it. And I started making like $150 a week, and I had two other jobs working as a waiter and valet parking cars, and I hustled. But I knew that I loved the industry from the day I stepped foot on the floor because every single day is a different day. And I wanted to always challenge myself. And eventually, throughout my career, I became a member of the New York Stock Exchange. And then I, I worked on four different exchanges, the uh, New York Stock Exchange, Amex, New York Stock Exchange, uh, Comex, and Board of Trade. And then I went, I made a phone call to a friend, and he said, come on in. And the guy says to me, I love you. Uh, he was a little office, brand new building uh, in Battery Park City. You would see the Statue of Liberty, and it was three guys, me and these other two guys, trading his capital. He was the first, there should be a statue for this guy. This was the first guy who decided to build proprietary trading upstairs. And it was three, three idiots, me, Sal, and John. And then, um, I don't know, after one year, I made him $1.9 million. I said, Joe. And how did you do that? Uh, because I met a guy named Steve... Uh, on the on the on the Comex, who was the biggest gold trader in the world, practically, uh, and how I knew that because when you stand on the outside step, those guys are the biggest traders. And he told me a story one time, and it translated into consistency. So basically, he was just got married. His wife was pregnant. He was a clerk making five hundred dollars a week. He said, "I got to do it now, or else I'll never do it." He gave up his job leased the seat, went into the gold pit as a local, which means you're looking up and nobody's trading with you. you you're, you're lucky you do 10, 15 trades a day, if that, because if you're a Revco selling a 100 lot in gold, you want to go 50-50 like that. You're not going to go 50-30-29-1 like that, and then you don't want any out trades. So I know people don't know what I'm talking about, but it just rolls off my tongue. So basically he made $100 a day, and then the next month 200 
then 300, then 400. And we made his money, he stopped. So I said, okay, I'm going to do what Steve did. So the first day I started trading, the irony of the story is I was actually up money in Compact Computer, and I gave it to my friend Joey to sell it. He forgot to sell it, and I lost $300 that day, so I was devastated. And the irony is because I became the number one day trader in the world in Compact Computer years ago. I used to do up to 10% of the volume. And then next thing I know, I was making $100 a day. Then the next week, 200 Then 300 a week. Then 400 Then 500 Then 1500 17 I went, And then I made like $1.8 million. And then I said to the guy, I said, Joe, I wanted to say thank you for everything you've given me, the ability to do this. I said, can I ask you a favor? You know, I know I'm leaving. I started my own firm, Tiger Securities. And he said, can I get my check? He says, yes, Stevie. I said, Joe, I know we, we discussed 70-30, but can, I, can we do 50-50? He said, Stevie, you deserve it. Here's a check for 875000 900000 whatever the number was. This is back in 1991. I said, Joe, can I ask you one more favor? He said, sure, Steve, whatever you want. I said, can I take the chair I was sitting in? He <laughs> says, absolutely. <laughs> so I carried it down seven flights of stairs. The elevator was broken. Because it was my lucky chair. So where'd you set up the new office at that point? Uh, in the Manhattan Towers on 52nd and Lex, I think it was. 52nd and, yeah, 52nd and Lex. I was trading there. Then I moved to Rockland County. <clears throat> and then uh, for... 10 years, I, had an, I didn't have a losing, nearly 10 years, I didn't have a losing month or a losing year. And then the exchanges went, then I, I mean, I literally, you know, I was fighting with the specialists. I mean, it, was just, it just got to me. And then I wanted to build software for myself. I took nine years of my, well, I took one year and then took me nine years to really, I, I said to myself, I lived the same day over and over again. So eventually I think it, it kind of hit me that there are patterns in the market. If I have patterns in my day, there are patterns in the market. There are, there are things that happen during the day that repeat themselves. So I started seeing it. I started seeing it. And after one year, I didn't see anything. And then during the third quarter of the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day, I told my wife, I'll see you later. I'll be going to the office. I never looked back. And it took me eight years later. So I built now. To me, I can see things. Did you like not this. go back to your wife, or did you not go back to the office? I didn't go back. No, I, I didn't okay. go back. Just well, wanted to clarify. No, no. <laughs> I left the house, meaning to the my. I came back to my wife, but and my kids. It's probably the good. But choice. I just said, "I'm leaving <laughs> on New Year's Day." He goes, "Where are you going? We got to eat." I'm leaving. I'm going. To, something hit me, so I went into multiple time frames. Like so, a lot of things came at me, and then next thing I know, but now what I'm I've done is because I've been given such a gift, and I so feel so blessed that. I have such a passion for the industry. I probably have more passion now than I ever than I even when I first started. And that thing, the thing that hits me now is I don't want to see people struggle anymore. I want to help people. I wanted to be a surgeon, actually. That was my heart. My, that, I really wanted to be a surgeon after baseball, but I didn't have the money or the mindset to sit in, you know, six years of college, you know. But uh, now I help people, and I help people correct their mistakes. I teach them. I'm I'm changing their lives. I'm helping them make money on a daily basis. Um, I'm, I'm everything what Steve taught me about being consistent is what I do now to be consistent every single day of your life. Um, make the right decisions, learn, don't guess. Why is this happening? Why is this pattern happening? So I stream every day from nine to four. I love it. I, I stand all day long. And to me, there's no greater gift in the world. And my phone blows up. I give my phone number out to the whole world. So it's not like Tom Brady giving his phone number and you call it, you get a marketing company. You actually get me. And I talk to people. I know it's could be not scalable, but I, I do the best. There has not been a time I have never called or texted anybody back. Um, so I built the company called Trade Easy. And it's about really uh, taking the empoweredness of a human being, teaching them something that could help change their lives, whether they want to intraday trade, intermediate-term trade, long-term, and then basically from all the people I know in the industry, they will want to eventually when I build this right, pile in and be that type of a platform, educational slash dynamic learning and streaming. Um, so that's me. And as far as what I like, I love sports. Uh, my children are everything to me. Um, I'm a simple guy. I just, you know, just don't disrespect me. <laughs> and then that's a problem. Uh, I just feel that, um, you know, Life is simple. Just enjoy every second. And I just want to help people and give back right now. Amazing. Excellent. Let me ask you, normally when people say day trading, I think 
it's just a general thought process in mm-hmm. people's heads that somebody that sits there all day and is continuously trading nonstop, <clears throat> and unless somebody goes and wants to commit themselves to being this day trader mm-hmm. and do that full-time to that aspect, there's no point to even look into it. But what you're saying is with TradeEasy, it's not just for that guy. It's no. also for people that are on their Ameritrade app or whatever it is and just buying a couple different stocks and they look at them you know, from time to time and have different plans. So I teach people how to fish. So basically, it's not just about listening to me and me teaching during the day on some, like, you know, Bloomberg chart or you a Yahoo chart. I have my own software. So people around the world have my software. I teach it. They could do it during the Tokyo session. They could do it during the European session. They could trade Forex. They could trade the night session during the Tokyo session. And it doesn't make a difference. I have people who just listen to me because they don't want to watch CNBC. And they want to know what I'm calling. Like today, I said big buy divergences. All four ETFs are in buy mode. I know you know what I'm. I know you don't know what I'm saying, but I, we're going up. People are like, well, the banks are going to fail. Everything and like, I have a gigantic community in Discord, thousands. And I'm like, listen, guys, trade what you see. No opinions, you know. Um, so I think the most important thing that I took from my youth till now is I incorporated the disciplines of a sport and incorporated into trading. Now, they also say most day traders fail. Yeah. And I'll tell you exactly why. I have, because it's the eighth wonder of the world. Eight, most day traders fail because of the fact that they have a small amount of capital and they think they're going to get rich by buying like an option. Like, let's say they'll buy like a 270 call in NVIDIA on a Thursday. The stock's trading 259. And then next thing you know, they don't realize over the weekend you lose premium and they're buying an out-of-the-money call. So when they come in the next on Monday, the stock's down three, they lose everything. because like that. So uh, it's, a, it's a flawed notion. So you're just saying they don't know how to trade options. They don't, nobody, nobody should be trading options. No. no. Um, in my personal opinion, options are for sophisticated trading. Uh, if you're trading like what we did today, I had a lot of people buy in the money calls, in names like NVIDIA and, and all Microsoft, and after we got the big buy reversals, because they don't have the $25,000 for, for that PDT rule. But they'll buy, like, you know, credit spreads or, yeah. you know, or debit, they'll do. So, you know. And when you said don't trade on your, like, your opinions, do what you see. You're talking about the way the market's moving? Based upon my algorithm. Based upon, based I'm upon showing algorithm. them. Exa- so I stand in front of 39 screens. So I, I go like this. I can see things like that. So I can... Basically, that's why I told you when I was 13, I had that gift being having a photographic memory, so I didn't know where I was going to apply one day in my life, and that's where, how I there became. Without that, I would never have been a, be able to be a, a great trader. Um, but the thing is, is that for me, you know, in seeing my whole studio, the way it's set up, and, you know, basically looking at the S&P 500, the NASDAQ 100, the Russell 2000, and the Dow 30 stocks, that's a lot. You know, so I'm looking at the ETFs, I'm looking at the big stock, the big cap names, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Amazon's, Apple's, you name it, uh, Netflix, uh, Boeing, Goldman, uh, Coinbase, uh, Square, Roku, uh, Tesla. So people, just to give you an example, the average, day, the average uh, retail trader trades about four times a month. My traders trade about 5,000 times a year people from around the world. These are retail traders. This is music to the member firm community because they can't give investment advice. I am basically, I don't give, inv- I don't give investment advice. I'm teaching. But, the, you know, and I talk about real estate with them constantly, you know. I'm a firm believer in real estate, you know. I mean, not maybe not at these levels. Um, I think, you know, the P.E. ratio right now is high on the market. I think we have, I think the second and third quarter is going to be a bloodbath. And I think capitulation is starting to trickle in in a lot of different areas. You just have to be able to take advantage of that and be able to understand what's going on with the markets and why it was where it was <coughs> then. And this is why it's here now. And then you can be able to make it. You know, Mark, I got to tell you, I'm doing this 40 years. My good friend came up to me and said, you know, I, I got to thank you. I said, what's the matter, Chris? He said, You're welcome for whatever I did. He said, five years ago, you told me you have to think like them. I said, what do you mean? He says, you always say you have to think like them. Because you have to think like the way the Federal Reserve is. And you have to think like the mindset. Remember, pension funds are underfunded right now. Okay? 
the Federal Reserve completely missed the boat here. The S&Ps were 4808 and the CPI was 9%, and the Fed funds were 0 to a quarter percent. And I'm screaming at everybody, hit the bid. They're going to raise rates like this. You're gonna, market's going to get kabooshed, right? I thank God 17 or 15 to 18 people listened to me. Now, these are family members I'm just talking to. No, uh, Brian, Uncle Steve's telling you, you know, you got a lot of cabiola in that account. You know, I think they're getting hit, you know. Um, and they did, 1,300 points on the S&P. Uh, so they went down to, you know, below 20, about 28,500. See, the thing is, when I say they got to think like them, like there was no reason for the market to rally today. Market rally today because $30 billion went into FRC. And $50 billion went into Credit Suisse. Yeah. I mean, so all they're doing Artificial. is kicking the can down the road. It's just, so right now we, we have a $4 trillion. There's no solution. There's, there's no solution. solution. Bingo. There's no solution. They make Bernie Madoff look like a chipmunk, what they did here. They have absolutely torn apart because the game is too big to fail. Yeah, it's you know. like they're so scared of outcome. It's like a, a drug addict that if he goes uh, and takes away all his drugs, he's going to get really sick. But instead, you just keep giving him a little bit more drugs to keep him normal. You just got to keep him on, just keep yeah. him. Just keep him at an even keel. Keep him even keel. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's yesterday scary. it was scary. The market looked like it was going to go to 3,500 on the S&Ps. And boom, they just, you see, I know people don't believe it, but the plunge protection team comes in and they just they stop the market. Flip from the going breaker. Down. So, no, it's, a, it's a, the Federal Reserve doing it. So what about when market? But what about when market flips the breaker and they halt trading? Because all I can say, all uh, it's more of a question because I'm certainly not a you know professional yep. trader by any stretch of the imagination. But in earlier iterations of market cycles, only in the last maybe decade have at least I mm -hmm. recognized that I see oh they're halting trading mm -hmm. when something is getting too much of a run on it, <clears throat> they halt the trading. So the FRC got halted like five times. Um, Doesn't that kind of just fly in the face of you know free market capitalism I, I, a little I, bit? I totally, I totally agree with you. Um, so I'm a big proponent that no one should be able to speak during live market hours. Like the Federal Reserve, sometimes I have five speakers. I'm like, shut up. You're really only supposed to speak on the Wednesday meeting once a month. There's no reason for you to talk. Okay, there's no reason for any economic numbers to come out like oil or ISM numbers or nat gas numbers like during market hours. All numbers should be before markets or after markets and no Fed governor non-voting or voting should be able to speak prior to the market Why opening. is that? Because it affects the market. Oh, my God. These guys. Oh, massive, my God. Massive. What do you mean? Oh, the swings are huge. No, I understand. Huge. So they're expecting like, the markets. Like Bullard can you know. come out and say that, oh, you know, like he did. He absolutely did. He did his press conference one day, and then, like, I think 35 minutes later, I remember it was 4.07, we got killed on a trade because he made a comment on a tweet, and they dropped 40 handles on the S&P. I'm like, why are you talking? You know, it's, like, ridiculous. And, and so um, I think I agree with exactly what you're saying, that markets should be free. So, like, when COVID hit, I have actually pictures of a negative 3,000 Dow. So they halted trading to try to calm them. Markets should be free, you know. How about and with all the, like, GameStop and all that stuff? Let it go. This is, this is a live market. Do you stop breathing during the day? No, so how, how, how do we get away? How, how do they get away with it? Meaning How? You make me president, I fire all But it's not political, right? The Federal no, Reserve is, is political. Not, but the Federal, the, the, the federal Reserve... Um, the chairman, most political organization on the I, planet. I know, but but they're they're supposed to be apolitical, right? They're supposed oh, yeah. to be on okay. the right. Allegedly, that's why I said to you before, you got to think like them. The IRS is called the service guys. Yeah, yeah you know, like yeah. Joke, the the, the reality. The reality, though, I think, is that we have entered a period of time in the last call it decade and a half where everything is so high definition and instantaneous in terms of conveyance of information, good, bad, factual, not, you know, false, whatever you want to call it, that we've found ourselves in a place where mm -hmm. leadership understands how fast the dominoes can go down. Mm -hmm. So they intervene when they shouldn't be and they monkey and they meddle with things when they necessarily shouldn't in order to prevent like massive amounts of psychological panic. And now we've gotten used to that mm -hmm. since the last meltdown 
and since COVID and since every other historical event that happens seemingly every week, but that the banks, they can't change. They no can't change. Look at the banks. The last thing you want, the last thing you want, and I, I mean, maybe I'm talking for myself here, but too big to fail. You can't have a run on the bank. You're right. If people don't trust in the dollar or whether you, you go to the bank now, I can't pull out fifteen thousand dollars. Bank. First of all, they probably don't even have it. Fifteen, you might be able to, but more. I think you have to wait weeks. You have, you have to, to wait, and you have to say what you're doing. One time, I asked for fifty thousand. I think I I had to call. They told me I had to wait two days to get the money. Yeah. Okay. And then you have to fill out a form yeah. as to why it's submitted. It's anti-money laundering or yeah, it's whatever. Good. It's my money. Sure. I got X amount of dollars. I'm like, give me my money. No, oh. it's like you're. And then if they ever go to the stupid uh, this token they're thinking about, oh, forget it. They'll know it's, everything. It's a well, what about Ponzi scheme? Well, it's what, over. what about the change the Federal uh, Reserve is making on instantaneous clearinghouse? Have anybody heard or read about this? Because this is terrifying. Yeah, that's you know I, I don't like any time the Federal Reserve does anything. They should be fired. <laughs> they should be dismantled. The thirty-year bond market dictates the natural interest rates. So if you look at the thirty-year bond. That is, or the 10-year bond or the five-year notes, those are the real markets. Mortgage rates and anything related to CDs or money markets accounts should all be predicated off the real natural market. Not where a Federal Reserve chairman jumps up and down like a baboon, says 2% inflation and then goes, watches it go to 9 doesn't do anything because why? I'll tell you exactly their thinking. Their thinking was high asset prices will adjust the high rate of inflation. But they didn't figure exactly what happened in 08 when everything, people were taking out, you know, um, secondary mortgages or lines of credit <laughs> to buy boats and this and that. Everybody's and when, underwater. Boom. Everything got kabooshed. Um, so there's a lot of flaws in the system. But here's the thing. The biggest flaw that nobody really talks about in my 40 years of experience, I wouldn't put your money in a mutual fund. It's a joke. I'd rather have you buy the underlying ETFs. You're a young guy. So just position ETFs, market drops. You buy a little bit, drops more, you buy a little bit. Because, and then you trade out of it. You just trade it. You, they make you feel like that they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, you're, it's all, it's, to me, you're creating a job. Uh, creating a job of people making three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year, running money, and, and, and all they're doing is buying. As the inflows come in, they got to put the money to work. They don't care where the market is. They don't care. And they, they tell you this long term. Mm -hmm. Long term to me is 30 minutes, <laughs> you know, in trading. Actually, fifteen is like you know, thirty minutes of a lifetime. Fifteen minutes is a so. With that mindset, how do you reconcile it against your also being a fan? That's of why estate? I build Trade Easy to take the people to say, "Hey, listen, you don't. If you could generate a half a percent a day trading with me, or one percent trading, you're going to outdo these guys." But I'm saying, how do you how do you reconcile having having your your structure mentally built? in a way where 15 minutes is a long time, mm -hmm. how do you also reconcile it against an asset class like real estate? Because you mentioned earlier that oh, you're no, a fan no, of real that's, estate. That, so. No, I'm a firm believer in real estate. I believe because, I, like my grandfather was the largest Italian importer in the world. And he said, Stephen, people got to eat and people got to sleep somewhere. I said, yes, Grandpa. So, you know, I don't care about mutual funds. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're on the bottom of my list here. They're like, they're like just get rid of them. Just get rid of them. You know, look, I told you back in 08, I wanted to create a fund to buy oceanfront property. When the blank was hitting the fan, Mark, I said, I'm buying Florida real estate, ocean only. I was in Naples. I was on Gulf Boulevard. I was down in Miami. I was in everywhere looking at properties just to buy, buy, buy. You know, yeah. I put a bit, I mean, I'm sick to my stomach because I went down to Florida for my own money. I wanted to buy this beautiful condo. It was the, you had the canal on the left, the Gulf of Mexico here. My my patio was like 18 by 39, 30, 40. Overlooking, I, second floor, I walked down from maybe 40 feet. I was on the beach. I bid a million cash. The person said a million. It was a million nine. They came down to a million five. I went million one. They went down to a million three. Finally went, it was like a 50,000 discrepancy. I said, nope, I pass. An idiot. Now it's four million. But the thing is, is that for fifty thousand dollars, I balked on it. But I knew, I knew that real estate is an asset that people need to have. And but it's very difficult to trade it unless you're buying. You know, low. yeah. I mean, 
What am I buying? Or at least volume. Or, or, exactly. Like stocks or real estate? In, in real estate, you can't buy, I mean, like <clears throat> I, 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 I must have said this on our last discussion that we've had once. I said, my dad used to tell me, you know, why can't you do what I did? I said, what do you do? He goes, I bought my house for $80,000. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the rates were 13,000, you know, 13%. It, it was high. And I said, but I bought it. I said, but look, it's now worth a million five, two million dollars. I said, Dad, find me a place that's worth eighty thousand dollars. I there can't are get places. It. You I, just gotta look. I mean, you you're not but, gonna go if you're looking to buy Florida. I mean, how many people a day are moving to Florida and Texas? Yeah, we're but, we're from from believers of Florida. I'm, got, I'm born and raised in Miami, and for some reason, oh, wow. I ended up in New York. What are you but crazy? I'm on my way back. Yeah, I can't wait. I got you know. I'm. I mean, the good Lord is calling me there, man. I just this I hope is my last winter, but um, you know, I, I okay. So that's a perfect example. Like, look at a condo I bought for like four hundred, four and change, and now it's worth about six fifty, seven hundred. You're going to top ticket at seven hundred and hold. But it? a person making fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year is not putting down money. They don't. No, they no, don't no, have no. That. Oh, that. And I thought you were talking about the fund. A person, and everything. yeah. So like a person who has like fifty, sixty thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. They want to get they into real to estate. Go. They can't get into that's real estate. That's why we created Fun Rebel. Yeah, that's Correct. true. That's Fun Rebels is buy securities and they have actual ownership in the properties. They that's an them. investment they have, and that's yeah. something that they have for the future. Now, to answer your question, uh, you may have fifty thousand dollars. I know a woman right now bought a place, put down sixty, seventy thousand dollars in Florida, three hundred fifty thousand dollar home, two hundred ninety thousand dollar home. They're out there. Got to fix them up. Yeah, it just may not be in the locations yeah, you want. You may be. not have okay living. You might here, be living in Opelika, Rock, or or the Grand Florida. I mean the Grand. I mean um, uh, the Fountain wrong with Opelika. Okay, in Miami, but you you go deep <clears throat> inland in Florida, in Orlando, and oh. places like that. Go to Lakeland. Lakeland. My yeah. friend lives in Lakeland. I mean, there's properties there. It's just, what do you want? So if you have fifty thousand dollars to buy an investment property, <clears throat> I mean. Would you buy in, in Lakeland to buy an investment property for $50,000? Why not? People And rent it out? There, there's a right price in every market. Yeah, there's a right price there's in right every market. Obviously, the higher markets have more demand. That's why they're going to be more expensive and people want to live yeah. there. But over there, as long as there's a circle that has people in there that want to buy properties, there's a price. You just have to be 100%, able to understand. I agree with Mark 100%. Yep. You could buy in Lakeland a home for two fifty. You could buy in Ohio for two for $250,000. Okay, you left. You no, no, I'm from my, my family's from Cincinnati, so okay. I know it quite buy, well. You could buy a home for two fifty, put fifty thousand dollars down. You have a mortgage of two hundred. You're renting it out maybe thirteen hundred a month. Maybe it just breaks out even with the tax and everything. Like that, but in thirty years, so hopefully, it pays off. I just had a crazy realization. Alan is Midwestern. <laughs> well, if you talk to my dad, that I'll is tell terrifying. You, get, get me the gym shoes. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <I do laughs> well, no, I'm from Rockland County originally. Oh, Rockland, but yeah. he lives in Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn now. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> live in Brooklyn. Family via By Cincinnati. By the way, it's funny you said that. So Howard Marks even said something. I think it was uh, the book in, uh, he wrote The Most Important Thing, which is a pretty great book. He talked about people buying whole life policies. Mm-hmm. And he goes, don't buy whole life policies. He goes, you know what you do? When you have a kid, go buy a house. It doesn't matter if it's a $200,000 or $50,000 house. Rent it out. Mm-hmm. And when they want to get married, or they want to go to college or afterwards, sell the house. And you're going to do a lot better on that than a whole life. Well, so how many houses do you have, Mark? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll go there right now. I, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that. I'll tell you okay. why. When my kids were born, I bought, when my son was born, I bought uh, a million dollar whole life policy for him. It cost okay. me like three grand. All right. As my daughter was born, I bought another million dollar whole life policy for her. Okay. Then I got a guy knocking on the door. We'd like to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, what's this about? Like, you know, you're buying policies for your kids. I'm like, I'm not whacking my kids. Yeah. You, know, like, <laughs> you stupid bastard, get out of here. Who knocked on your door? Oh, some agent, like, really? thinking, like, interviewing me, like, why are you, you buying, buying whole policies life? on your yeah. kids? I go, what do you think? I'm going to whack my kids? Get out of here. But hit you over here with a bat, you lunatic. Get out of here. You know? Get out of here before I take out a policy on yeah, you. I'm going to whack you one. No, but I'm, I'm serious. It's like, so in that regard, because they, they've appreciated a lot. And that's something. So let's say, what was your annual cost for one of those policies? Three each. Three thousand each. Okay, so three thousand each, right? I'm gonna so put just three thousand dollars on a house. So I'm just gonna go with the first five years. So it's fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> let's say you were fifteen thousand dollars. Let's say you bought yourself a sixty thousand dollar house, right? So from the sixty thousand dollar house, yeah. Okay, then there's no house six thousand dollars. Twenty years ago, how old are your kids? Twenty three and twenty one. No. Guess. 
So for uh, 24 years ago, you couldn't buy a sixty thousand dollar house somewhere in Baltimore and Detroit only. Maybe. And you can still buy it for in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, you can still buy it in Baltimore. You can still buy it for twenty grand. Maybe like twenty four years ago, Alaska and could went to high league. Went to a lot of places in Florida, in Orlando. Hundred percent, you buy. Okay, a house but let's say I bought a place. Uh, I bought a place. Okay, but that's three thousand. I understand. No, no, but hold on. Hold on. Three thousand. Three thousand. But hold Are on. Are you also incorporating depreciation? Yeah. You have a depreciation on your assets every year from your. From that's your real true. Estate. You don't do that. But hold on. At the and, time, and I put three thousand dollars down. Income. No, but at the time, but I after ten years, it's paying for itself already. And after yeah, that, they, 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 at twenty years life. old, they're, 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 they can borrow against it. They can yeah, buy their I own house one, against one their. Live right now, yeah, side by side at an Excel sheet. But hold <laughs> on, <one second. laughs> no, but right now those policies are about million six, million seven each. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you can borrow. There's like a real cash value in that. Okay. But I'm just making a point that at the time when I put the money <laughs> down, yeah, I, I, I could have bought properties for them at the time and gifted it to them or whatever, you know, like that. And I just had a lot of assets that I already giving them. But the thing is, is that at the time, I just wanted them to have something like if they ever had a family one day that that would be mm -hmm. the way to do it. The way to that do is it. the way to do it. You have to set 100%. them up somewhat, whichever way you're going to do yeah. it, whatever, you know. And now they have all my property. So now they're pretty yeah. damn good now anyways. So. Now you have to worry about them buying policies on you. now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're in the condo right now in Florida. That he yeah, bought. he is. Is he? There you go. Yeah, he's a Florida <laughs> resident. Florida place, son of a gun. There you go. I said, I can't believe your father has been lying, dying to go to Florida for 30 years, and you beat me to it. Where's so. Steve sitting over here paying uh, state income tax? Great, I love it. No state income tax. Yeah. Great. I love the state. I love the people. I love the weather. I love the ocean. Ronnie DeSantis knows what he's doing. Oh, he's a smart man. So how do you think, Steve, that everything that's been going on, I mean, we're going to say post-COVID, whenever that might have actually occurred, early 2001, 2021 to today, but especially the events of the last like couple of weeks in the market, how do you think this is going to have an influence, just personal, we don't have to get political, but on how leadership is right now in the country and what direction leadership ultimately gets influenced Don't get to. political. Yes. Just don't get that political. <laughs> oh my God, it's going to be hard for me. I gotta, <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't, Say whatever I, you need I, to say. I, I, think mo I think there was a poll that 78% of people don't like the way the direction the economy is going or the way the country is going right now. So that I actually saw on TV. So I can, and I'm like in that, that camp. Be, that's low. So, no, it so should be higher. It should be higher. No, it's a 70%, yeah. but maybe higher. But I'm, no, so I'm sure I, it is I will say that I'm in that camp. I don't like the direction of the country that we're going. I don't like what I'm seeing. I think that things are broken, and I think that we're significantly weakened uh, around from the eyes of others around the world. Um, so I'll keep a very, very uh, even keel here. Um I don't like it. Nothing really I can do about it. Um, I think Americans are um, seeing things now that they're scratching their head. And um, Chicago could, finally did something right. Oh, bro, that's brutal. There, I mean, but but you don't I know. One of them is just, from what I understand, on the runoff, one of them has her views and the other one doesn't. Mm. So you gotta be careful here. You yeah. don't know where it's gonna go. Yeah, it's very unfortunate specifically because the amount of just mayhem and homicide that has emerged in that landscape. Crazy. And they've lost some of their biggest business so, constituents. Citadel, you guys pushed Citadel out of Chicago. That's a mistake. Caterpillar is leaving Chicago. That's a mistake. I mean, these are things that create jobs. These are these are major Why job are providers. People leaving California. You're paying fifty six cents on, on your hard earned money. Okay. Now I hear they want to do Give five million dollars to reparations. Reparations. Well, I'm Armenian. Where's my money? Yeah. Where the Jewish people? Where I mean, let's. I mean, we, we, we can go down out. every ethnic yeah, group exactly. and say, where are the uh, you yeah. know the uh, in the Indians and the people from the 1800s that they say, well, well they know, got we the casinos, right? Yeah, and that we was enough, casinos, right? Just right. just that <laughs> and but, the cigarettes. But why are? But, so I look at I look at things because I'm a visual person, right? Why are people leaving California to go to Texas or Florida? Okay. Why? Because there's, you're a minority partner in your own life if you live in those jurisdictions. Correct. Well, well, there's other reasons besides that. Yes, but that could be part of it. But people are going, why am I leaving New York? I'm leaving New York because, number one, my son's there. Number two, I love it there. I mean, I feel alive there. Like on a, on a night when it's like snowing, I got friends of mine calling and hanging up on me, laughing at me, like, oh, it's 82, we're outside at a bar in Miami, and we're hanging out, and 
I want to hang out with Mark in Miami on a <laughs> Thursday night, bro. You Should know, I make those phone calls to everybody all the time. I know you joke around with them, and yeah. then you torture them. They torture me. I go like this, you know. I, I'm screaming <laughs> at them. I'm texting them like, "Thanks," you know. Um, no, but it just you just feel like um, you feel alive down there. You feel different. You feel this. You smell this. The ocean. You you feel you know the, you know the sun gives you so much energy. Here, it's just like I want to put my head in the microwave and press high. You know, I just feel that it's just dismal, you know. So he's um, gray. Gray, right? For at least six gray. months of the it's year. Six months. I mean, even today driving was 60 degrees driving in, but, you know. It was like, the, the, but the flip side is, is when you're in Florida and it is hot. Yeah. In the summertime. Okay, so two, three months, bro. I mean, your brain can atrophy a little bit in, in Florida. Air, a little listen, bit. Listen, when we were just we were just in Florida for for a trip, we were looking at some properties. I'm sitting outside. I think in the morning on the way out with Hussein, and I'm like, "Are you not happier <clears> right now, standing here, <laughs> about to go to work in the morning? Normally, you get out there, you have your coat on, you're gonna trek out to your office, put the armor just, oh, on, and get outside. And now you're just like. Go. Well, I think that there's definitely so many of, of what you just said, Steve. I mean, listen, the lifestyle component of it is a natural, like almost biological magnetism. Right. People prefer to have a Sunny. warm, you know, happy, like people love the water, people love the access to the water where you can actually, you know, take advantage of those sorts of things. But the comment that I made a few moments ago, when you really look at the metrics, you look at California and you look at New York, mm -hmm. these are places that have been bastions of culture bastions of enterprise, places that gave rise to some of the greatest empires that have ever been created in the free market. And over time, there's been this encroachment by governance that has, and this is not a, a railing against government. We need government in society. And I want to be clear that like, you know, my position is we need government, we need police, we need these things. But when you look at, at crossing a certain threshold of earning and you live in these high, high barrier to entry, high cost of living locales, and then you begin to analyze your rate and look at it, I stand by my comment. You're a minority partner in your own life. You have a place like Florida, you have a place like Texas. These have leadership that at a minimum oh, are saying, you can come here and we will help stimulate, catalyze, and offer opportunity for you to go and enterprise. And grow. And what, and, grow. and what does growth and enterprise create? Growth and enterprise creates jobs. no matter what industry, jobs. And the whole issue of jobs, employment, and everything else, you start taking away the incentive for people to go out and take risk, for people to go and build business and create gainful employment, that is the loosening of the underpinning of everything. And you have jurisdictions that are getting it right and jurisdictions that are getting it wrong. They can give $5 million in reparations for the wrongs that have been committed against demographic groups in this country. They can absolutely do that, but who's paying for that? That's when California... $600,000 per, per person. Per person. When California is saying, we have a 52% effective tax rate, and now, if you made over a certain amount of wealth and you have departed the state, we're going to claw back up to five to ten years backwards, no matter if you're no longer a citizen of that jurisdiction. You made money in tech, this you left, me, you moved to Texas, we're coming after your money for the next decade. This, to me, is so unbelievable. It's so, it's, it just actually hurts my brain. Because the leadership, is, like you're saying that you're not free to do whatever you want in this country. That means you're leaving California to go to Kansas, you're leaving California to go to wherever. And now you're being taxed and going back based it's a tail on you. It's it's so wrong. And you, everything I you said, I agree a thousand percent. But there's a one thing, the word that really of all the things that is the leadership. Leadership is what's destroyed New York City. Leadership is what's destroyed California. In my opinion, yeah, people can tell me I'm crazy, but that's that's there's no right and there's no wrong. It's the way you perceive it to be. But I'm going, hopefully one day, to Florida, where I believe leadership is great. And I love that leadership and the growth. And why are so many people moving to Florida? Not just because it's the weather. It's because they see people, Opportunity. opportunities. They see growth. Okay, uh, I was saddened. Saddened. There was a report about a week and a half ago of the hotel that all the uh, illegals are being housed in. And there was this nice woman that came on TV that says, I have to close my business because my whole sidewalk is filled with people outside. Nobody comes in. And I did everything right by this country. Now I have to close up because nobody can come into my store. So you just heard a small business owner who worked her life for in a restaurant 
going to probably lose a ton of money because God knows the lease and the rent and all the equipment and everything because of leadership that did not care about her. And that's why I got to get the hell out of here. Because it's just, to me, as much as I felt really sorry for that woman, it just really, I felt that there was no care. But and the problem I, I, I feel, and, and maybe I'm wrong, is that right now you have a good governor in, in DeSantis. You don't know what's coming next. DeSantis, <coughs> God willing, he becomes president or, or he That's decides what he does. Vote. People will vote. But the problem is, is that Florida as a whole is still a purple. They're, 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 they're purple. It's not pure red. And it the swings. problem is it swings. Yeah. And Florida naturally swing, swung. I mean, New York, up until um, Bill de Blasio, New York was a great place. It was safe. Jobs were, 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 were it was booming. Clean. I mean, you had Giuliani and then you had Bloomberg. You had, you had reason to be here. Right it's now, like tax abatements and tax oh, abatements that just Sally, ended. Just that, that? Ju- that just ended. Yeah. He just killed it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. she just killed the, it. The the, the, the senators. There's upstate. no reason to be here. There's no upside. You have high crime. I cannot mention her name, but there is someone who's on TV that I know very well, um, personal friend of mine, and she had sold her apartment about four months ago, and she said that. She just couldn't believe that she would come out of her building and she saw a man urinating right in front of her, outside of her building. And she said, that's it, I'm done here. I can't do this no more. I'm leaving. And it, there's no reason to be here. To have gone through the cycles of, you know, in the early 80s to mid-80s, seeing what the city looked like and then watching the arc uh, under the, you know, original article, Giuliani, and then Bloomberg and see how it got polished into the diamond that we all know that it is. That is something. And then to see it go back down afterwards, it's truly breathtaking to have seen that. I remember as a very young kid walking around Midtown with my father occasionally and seeing hypodermic syringes on the street. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then for a solid 20 to 25 years, you don't see anything. Nothing. It was and pristine. Now, watching pristine. them re- rebuild the, the West Side Highway, which was a garbage dump. Garbage dump. It was disgusting. Absolutely. My and, daughter. And now, hypodermic's on the street again. Yeah. Yeah. It's truly unbelievable. No, it's, it's sad. My daughter, who's 23, uh, 21 at University of Georgia, she wants to be a, a doctor. Thank God. And um, she said, you know, about a, two years ago, she said to me, you know, Daddy, I want to really, you know, once I graduate after my MCATs, I want to go in medical school in New York. Now she's completely shifted. She's completely shifted. Like, literally, her and her girlfriends were taking the subway. I said, call me when you get down there. She called me. I go, I want you sit, all four of you sitting on the bench. I don't want you leaning, looking at the train. The train comes. It stops. You get off the bench, you wait for people to come out, and you go in. Because they don't have street smarts, a lot of them, the other three. And my daughter, my daughter, because she knows I'm freaking crazy. But the thing is that I have to I had to coach her and the girls to sit on the bench, wait for the train to come in, the subway, doors open, then you go in. That's how insane uh, because I don't want my boy <clears throat> my, I have <clears throat> boys and my my sixteen year old. At sixteen I was taking the buses, I was taking the train everywhere he's petrified he won't he won't get on he won't wait by a bus stop and it's just sad because new york was thriving thriving you couldn't you couldn't afford the blasio yeah. yeah and then and then he came in and just undid everything everything so and let me ask you this with this recession imminence or whatever it is that we want to call it and all these horrible things happening and the market going where it is how do you trade and still make money Oh my God! Like we had big buy reversals today on names. I mean, I, I have it's all pure mathematics that I look at. So for you, you don't <coughs> care if the market's up or down. I don't care. Right. I want volatility. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, I hear you. Movement is where you make your spread. You know, your S and P's we pulled into seventy one on that trade. We met, but the trade before that was fifty eight, fifty nine, sixty. Boom, eighty bid. So that's a it's a huge move, twenty two points. You know, I mean, even if you caught ten of that. That's monstrous. Yeah. No, no, because it's, it's normally when you speak to regular people, you're sitting around dinner, you're talking about the market. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm getting killed. I'm getting market. killed. I'm not doing anything. That's because that's not how you're supposed to work the market. In, in my personal opinion, I understand people have full-time jobs. Who's a doctor? Who's, I have a dentist. I li- This is a true story. 
I have a dentist. I'm not going to mention his name. Between patients, he's trading. He has a cap going on, a filling here, and anesthesia. He's telling me. He's taking a break, running in the room. He's running around. I, I just, you know, he says, I just bought him here. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Uh, but I get it. But most people, um, because like like my uh, one of my attorneys, Vinny, he's a lawyer. He's in court. He's in, you know, federal court, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't have time to sit in front of a machine and watch or listen. But most people listen to me during the day, even if they're not in the market or if they're young kids in college or anything. Yeah. They're learning. <coughs> they're learning. They're listening to me. As we're talking here, it's not a little, I mean, when it's a, not every minute there's a trade. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about a lot of different things. Things. No, like no, I, I, I love what you're doing with the Instagram <clears throat> Live. Thing. We, have, we have a partner of ours in Florida who's a pretty great day trader. I think you guys would be very interesting to hear them yeah, speak. Yeah, right? I would love it. And um, What's his name? There, we're not going to say. We're not going to say. tell you all kind. Oh, either okay, either sorry, way. So, sorry, so sorry. basically, um, there were people that you know wanted to get into industry and would request just to go and sit there next to him while he traded for a while, just to watch and learn. Mm. And anybody could just do that. They just jump on your, uh, you know, on your Instagram page or wherever it is that you're going live on. I do Instagram live from from nine fifteen to nine forty five because on my website people were gaming me. They would I would give a three day free trial and then. Every, they would just keep changing their emails, you know. And I'm like, oh, come on, guys, really? I got okay. No more free. No more free. I just, I just do 15 minutes of a live market, and that's it. And then if you like me, you come on. That's the end of it. Because, come on, I mean, like I'm giving you my blood, you know. And um, <clears throat> so you know, to, and I got to tell you, I mean, literally, my phone blows up 50 to 100 people a day. Some days, maybe maybe more uh, messages and people wanting to learn. It's the edutech space is going to grow to four hundred and five billion dollars by the year twenty thirty, so that's why, like when I'm talking to a big big family office in, in another region of the world, they love this because this resonates with them and they see the huge growth potential for this. Okay, um, and I'm less than a cup of coffee a day, so I mean Starbucks is more expensive than me, and I do it because. I care about people. I want people to learn. I want people to make it affordable. But if I can help change their lives in a very minute way, cost factor, I think this will help them. I think that 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 specific element, Steve, of what you're doing in trading is exactly why, you know, we make the comment that you're a fund rebel. Because fun Phil, because, a because you'll get a t-shirt. You'll get a hat too, maybe even a hoodie. Um, a hoodie for you. Philosophically, what we are here to do in our industry is the same thing because people do not have access or visibility mm-hmm. into these industries. You can watch YouTube. You can watch a market. You can watch someone like you. Mm-hmm. You can learn about the stuff in the periphery, mm-hmm. but to then get actual market penetration access into the things that really move markets. Mm-hmm. In our world, people can say, you know, I'm going to buy real estate. I'm in real estate. What are you buying? I'm buying a house. So, okay. I'll, I'll you know, you're you. buying a house. In us, we don't do houses. We do large commercial blocks of apartments mm-hmm. or retail or commercial I, I or hospitality. Am, I think you guys are onto something very big. And I'm, and trust me, those, I know I just met a couple of you here now. I don't BS anybody. If I didn't think you had anything, I just don't blurt it out. And so I just be keep quiet. And I'm being honest. Um, so I always use the analogy like, you could be Procter and Gamble, and you can have the greatest product in the world, but it's stuck in a barn in Idaho, and nobody ever knows about it. I think what TradeEZ is doing and what you guys are doing is going to really be a disruptive. I think we're going to be disruptive components in the in the years respectful ahead. Respectful fields, yeah, in respectful fields, because <clears throat> you're investing, I'm trading, I'm in, you know, whatever, but you're giving someone an opportunity change their lives and that is just a phenomenal gift there's nothing greater my actually my i get goosebumps at the end of the day my phone blows up people are running i made my goal i thank you you've changed my life blah 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 blah. i say thank you thank you thank you thank you i respond back to everybody you did it you did it you did it you put the hard work in right you're doing the hard work for others and you're doing this now. Yeah, I'm. Do, I did the hard work already. I did my nine years. We of looked research. at it as like these investors <clears> were <throat> trying to find the door yes. to be able to get into, but that door didn't exist. So we just figured that we. But you to need come. to be out there, right. like you need to have representation. Like, 
my good friend Richard Rubenstein from like Rubenstein PR, you know, he's one of my best friends. And these are people that can get the voice out there for you or what I'm saying, yeah. plus the people you know and things like that. So you basically, I mean, I could, I could probably think of probably so many people in my community that we go gaga for something like this. Take $1,000 or five, whatever the minimum is, 5000 Put it into something that they can see a dividend or a growth potential for the years to come. People want ask, people want opportunities, but people want trust. Yes, you can. People, I people trust me. It's not because I care about people. They see the care. They see I call them. They see I talk to them. I talk to people in my one eye is on my Discord. One eye is on the markets. Okay. You, know, you, you could have the greatest deal in the world, <clears throat> but if you have someone running that deal who just does not seem trustworthy, it's over. It's over. It's, it's OVA. I have it in my over OVA. So it's it's trust is everything. Right. And if you can show people that, see, I think what people like about me is I'm not a phony. I, I don't that. bullshit nobody. I tell like it is. I'll scream at somebody, but out of tough love. I'm kind to people, but I'm not here to bullshit people. I'm here to help people. Um, all hours of the night, my phone's ringing. I answer my phone. I don't give a shit who's around, you know? And I talk to people and I care, but they say, I can't believe you just spent 10, 15 minutes talking to me. I'm like, why not? Why not? See, what you're doing, people have to feel that. They feel the confidence level. The trust. That's half the reason why we're sitting here. We yeah. want people to see you're not just, you know, when you look at the someone's website of a company and you go and you just take a look <clears> at <throat> who the team is or who's involved in the company. Yeah. You see someone screaming. Oh, can I ever get in touch with Mark? Can I get can I get Mark? Yeah. Can I talk to Mark? Can I talk to these guys? No. You, know, you gotta be make yourself available. Because if you do that, it's like this. Yeah. Right. It's like I look, I'm telling you, I'm in this forty years. We're doing this now close to twenty years and how many times have people called us up for free advice? How many of our investors <laughs> that we've had say, we don't know that anything about real time. estate, but we trust you guys. So I have a deal that I'm about to go into. Can you do me a favor and look at it Ask for Alan, me? Ask how many times know. I have to sit there in the corner for 45 minutes. I'm like, can we start charging people for this? Right. And just, you know. Well, I don't charge people for that. No, we don't either. We don't either. We don't. It, you you said something, Steve, that's help so essential before, which is you teaching people how to fish. And I think that that element of it, some people are afraid of the education quotient. They're afraid of having to educate people to things they don't know because the absorption time and the realization time may not fit yeah. your business model. But the truth of the matter is, is that if you do what you do and you do it well and you allow people insight into that and gain the knowledge to try it for themselves, mm -hmm. it becomes total self-fulfilling prophecy in the best kind of way. Anything worth doing that's significantly hard Okay, if you apply yourself, great things will happen. Nobody's just going to hand you a check. I mean, unless you're a trust fund baby or something like that. But anything that I tell my kids, anything that is hard and you succeed at, at it, okay, worth doing will pay off. Absolutely. I tell people, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And you got to apply yourself. I tell them two things. One, I'm not a mind reader. It means you've got to communicate with me. I'm not a one-hit wonder, meaning just because I talk to you one time doesn't mean I'm never talking to you ever again, which is bullshit. I don't do that. And everything I'm teaching is based upon visualization and repetition. But what has history shown us? People need a place to live. You have a roof over your head. It's a hard asset, right? I am a firm believer. My son now... Um, is talking to a good friend of mine in North Carolina because the VA, uh, you have to get certain houses built for the VA, and then he's talking to yeah. things like that. Uh, you know, my son, now 23 years old, says, Dad, you know, I can't wait to, you know, buy more real estate for myself and build a portfolio. I said, Stephen, you have 10 homes one day. You can sit back. So uh, <clears throat> my son's friend got drafted number one by the Red Sox few years ago and he said mr k um i'm sitting here with about five pictures from the red Sox or whatever 
what do you think they should do? I said, take all your money and buy real estate. I said to every single one of them, don't buy like a $5 million home, dopey, you know. I said, well, you can if you want, but I said, like. Depends how much they're making, but yeah. Well, if you're making $30 million a year. I said, take all your money. I said, I said JJ. I said, oh, I his name. I said, take, uh, take, your, uh, take your signing bonus that you got, and you, you bought a condo in Fort Myers. Buy 30 more. I told them, swear to God. Because baseball, you don't know if you're going to make it or not. And if you do make it, there's going to be a day you have to hang up those cleats. But you can be playing golf, having 20, 30 condos paid for, mm-hmm. and just sitting back getting your money. I agree. And you know what he I said thought to you me? Were gonna say, hey, thank you so much. I thought you were going to say, throw a couple of meatballs to Aaron Judge. And, <laughs> and, you know, and no, Carlo. No, no. Let- he, he's with the Padres now, so okay. he'll be up. I mean, show. I was going to say, out of everything you've said, the most impressive thing is that you would take time out of your day to give any member of the Red Sox advice. Oof. That's that's very, that hurts. That's very oh, kind. Like, he just got traded to the Padres. I hope that smooths you over. There's something similar, I think, that we have with what you were talking about before. The entire reason that we started this podcast originally, which most of our episodes are talking about real estate and this and that, so it's not just that we invest with real estate and we want you to know who we are so you can invest with us. We're here to teach people how we look at things. So we've had, for example, episodes where we talk about a deal We'll look at the deal. We'll talk about what we like about the deal. We'll question things about the deal. We'll say, you know, basically what our thought process is and our underwriting and how we approach things. And we want people to take that and learn from it and say, oh, these are things that I should look for in real estate. So at the same time, we hope that people invest and participate in our funds, but they're going to learn from us as well. And they could also recognize who we are. So I think that a teaching portion of it is very important because obviously we want to be out there to help people and have people access this information, which is exactly what you're doing. So the more we can help people and the more we could teach them about real estate, it's going to be valuable for us because it's going to help our company. Same with you. Yep. You created a company, which is a beautiful thing that you're able to teach people and be able to profit at the same time. So when you were saying before about the whole fishing thing, I, you know, I remember one time somebody said like, again, I'm going to paraphrase whatever this, you know, saying was where you can help people two ways. Number one, you could write somebody a check and that check's going to help them until it goes away. Or you could teach somebody how to make money, and that's right. forever. And, and I think I think people are striving for ideas like what you're going to offer them to be part of something, to be a right. part of a long-term vision or a growth of something. Right. You know, um, you know, like my like my kids. You know, they. You know, they, they come to me and they say, you know, Daddy, I just made 5000 Like my son, he made a couple thousand dollars over the summer. What can I do with this money? I'm like, well, save it. And now I can say, put in something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, at 23 years old, God knows where it's going to be in 20, 30 years from now, right? <clears throat> it's a hard asset. Right. It'll accumulate. And that $1,000, $2,000 investment could be 25, 30, 50, 80,000. Hundred thousand. Who knows where? Absolutely. In the years, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, we would never make any promissory or no, or no, no. Of savings, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. no, 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 no nobody can. It's, Look, it's just you can't make that. But it's a, but it's an investment that you're making in a hard asset. Correct. In something that I firmly believe that you know that right. people are going to need rental right. properties. No, we're doing this for twenty years. <clears throat> we are buying the deals that we would buy for ourselves. Period. And. We're buying like you know off market deals that we are digging through our phone books and pulling whatever favors we can in order to be able to get the right meetings that we can to be able to pull these deals properly. So these are not we're not just going out there and buying some property that's on the market and using everybody's money for it just because here's a commercial property. We're buying deals that we see value in the way we under measurable upside from day one is the way that we. Well, I, I think that's and and you, again look what you're doing. You're doing the work for others. You're giving them an opportunity to be part of something. It's phenomenal. I mean, there is difference compared to what you're doing, what I do. Mm-hmm. What You're doing the work for them. Right. I'm doing the work for them and teaching them, but they still got to do the work on their own. It's a little, you know, a little bit more on my but end. Again, that's little. forever because once they sit with you long <coughs> enough and then they have a good Oh, my God, I got people they, trading they, they, on they, their they, own they have now. They have a career now. Yeah, they're they, they trading on their own now. I, I literally, like somebody said to me. Cheaper than college. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had, like I said, I had like eight, 15, 18 college kids. I'm like, I'm going to quit college. I'm like, no, you don't. 
You're not quitting college. I don't need your father calling me. You know. Um, now this has been great, guys. I really appreciate it. And I, uh, I got to tell yeah. you, you know, I really wish you all the best. And uh, I'm a big fan of you guys. You know, um, I'm. This is right up my alley. Look, I mean, <clears throat> I was in. Um, where was I? I was in. Um, uh, one part of Florida on the West Coast. I came across a realtor. I said, you know what? I want to talk to you about an idea I have. I want to get all these pro athletes. Cause most, so there's a, a book, um, good guy I know, uh, Richard put me in touch with. He wrote about um, eight bestsellers. And one of the books he wrote is about a basketball player. I don't know, forget the guy's name. Yeah. Made $100 million plus. Now he's a, he works in a Starbucks in Boston. And so these athletes don't know what to do with their money. They, so, they, they all buy their, their <clears throat> them, themselves houses, but the problem is, is the houses that they're buying are houses that are not affordable when they finish the game. Bingo. The key is to buy <clears throat> and buy wisely. The key is not to but buy. But that's the, not just that, though. Take your money and buy rental properties. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I told Rachel, let's. I want to do start a, a fund to do that. Start a fund to do this with me, and then all the Red Sox players went to season started. Blah 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 blah, and then. So, I said, you know what? So I, I have somebody who's actually doing that. The problem is, is because of all the scams that have gone on with <coughs> pro athletes, the NBA, the MLB, and the NFL all have, you have to register the FTX. now. Oh, really? You, you have to register now with the <laughs> To be certified? To be certified that they vetted you to say, okay, <clears throat> you, could, you should invest with this guy. That By the way, that's horrible. <clears throat> it is horrible, and I'll tell you why. Because now... They could only go and invest with people that are vetted by these organizations. Well, you want the the fact is at the end of the day, the problem is that there are a lot of predators out there, right? Well, the problem is, that and they, they know that they, that this guy just signed a signing bonus of thirty three million dollars, and he has thirty three million dollars sitting in his account. This guy is going to go. He's a target. Out. He's going to come out. They're going to meet him. They're going <coughs> to bump into him by accident. Yep. They don't know how they met him. They're going to go over to him. I have a great deal. The guy doesn't know anything. He's 21 years old, has his first signing bonus, yeah. and he doesn't know. He just knows he's got $31 million in I his pocket. I kind of agree with uh, Mark on this. I, I don't think there should be anybody. But uh, the problem is it's happened in the NBA. It's happened the, in the, the NFL. The problem is these are and young it, guys with money. Them. It happened in the music business. Look and at how many uh, band, uh, managers wiped out bands. That's what I was going to say. So these young guys with money, the problem is when they look <clears> for financial <throat> advice, who do they have to speak to? Their agent, who's their only knowledge is sports and negotiating contracts and leverage and Where's sales. Where's their in-house manager <laughs> whose only, you know, basic expertise is negotiating with the agent and convincing you to give them a contract and a percentage of your money. But what's wrong, but what's wrong with reading, with meeting a criteria where you're holding yourself, because, you're, you're offering a standard because let me and ask the standard you, passes you, muster. If you are a fund or whatever type of investment vehicle that you are and your objective out there is to go out there and make money for your investors, you're not necessarily running over to NFL players and sports people. But, You're probably with high net worth but, individual. But what you're, what you're missing here is... is it's just the, not the on the radar the, to even the go NFL there. So they and the NBA and the NHL, they're not saying you can't do whatever you want with your money. But this company it's has your to money. go through a vetting process. Well, just offering you a want <coughs> to be up on, uh, up on their website that okay. these people are reapproved, you have what to go through a vetting process. What happens if you're a small little yeah. Yoki Oki you from Cincinnati? She's two people. She's two people. What? The person I know who's done this, she... And another person are only two people. So and then they go on a list. So if they want to go and invest in a fund that's currently managing $15 billion, right? And this guy goes, oh, can you do me a favor and go get vetted? Because I have a half a million dollars I want to invest. Dude, I don't have no, the time no, no, for that, no. right that That's not what I'm saying. <clears throat> if the player wants to go and invest in some fund that has he 15 has billion, people who he, he can do whatever from. he wants. He can go straight to that fund and say, here's... The NFL, the the the, the leagues. Solicitation? If if the league, if you <clears throat> want to know, these kids don't know any better. Mm -hmm. So instead of being a target, they say, "Okay, league, you're my you're 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 my my filter. My filter. You tell me that these companies are okay to go with. I'm gonna pick which one I I, I hit it off with. But if I want to go and and invest in an should ABC you, company, should I, should I more problems with that. If I want to invest in ABC I company, hear this. I hear what you're gonna say. If if I want to invest in ABC company or whatever company I want. It's their money too. The, the the NFL is not going to say no. You can. When you say the NFL or people that are vetting or organizations. All these you're talking about human beings, right? So that means that if in order for this person to vet and say you could should put your money over here, they're putting their trust in them. There's value there. 
they're not just doing that out of the kindness of their heart as a nonprofit but, but organization. But that's not what. But now they have, they, they have an incentive. They have an incentive that they can go speak to one of these things. But listen, if I say that your company looks good, that's going to be good for you. If not, it's just it's it's a conflict of interest. But that's that's every that is, that's every speaking. that's I think every money manager is like that. I mean. Every single money manager, any money manager, whether it's from has to have a FINRA approval. They have, and they'll go to whether it's Morgan Stanley, whether it's you know J.P. Morgan. You go to a money, a wealth manager, and you give him your money. You know, he's going to put right. it whichever whichever place he in has the end, a connection you're, you're to. You're right. It's going to come down to what Steve said: trust, trust. and people that you know are trust. honest yeah. and honorable. Consistency. I think that, I think that consistency. I I I think that. Without the word trust, there's nothing. And if people can see that you're caring, you're taking the time to answer a question, you show that you're, you, you know, you're, you're there for them, even if it, you may not get a check or whatever, it doesn't make a difference because eventually that person's going to come around and say, I, I get this all the time. People are like, I can't believe you called me back. Like, what are you out of your mind? Why would I call you back? Because you're the only one that will call me back. I, I've been with five different places. And you, you talk to a computer. You, you get you talk to a chat. Someone sends you an email to, back two days later. Yeah, you get some moron sending an email back. I thought that's not who I am. So we know that. So I I hold myself different. Okay, and I got to tell you, I can't tell you how many people in my life told me never give out your phone number to anybody. Don't help people like that. I tell them, get a gun and kill yourself, I tell them. <laughs> I agree. Love it. I agree. That might be the name of the episode. Yeah, get a gun and kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Trust. Trust. Consistency. There you go. Trust. Right, well, or get a gun and kill yourself. Either way, <laughs> trade easy. Thank you, brother. Awesome. Um, we'll talk about it more offline. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely, and... We're, we're excited to have you. We appreciate you coming down here. I love it, man. Absolutely. I'll do this all the time, yeah. man. I love it, man. I we'll told you, as future. long as there's oxygen flowing, you have no problem with me, brother, yeah. talking. This is great. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody.